Hello, I'm Taylor and welcome back to the TBN UK Take 5 podcast. got a food filled interview for you as I talk with Martha Collison so you might want to grab some snacks for this one. We chat about her experience as one of the youngest Bake Off contestants and now as she works with huge brands and charities has recipe books and has a massive following on social media we discuss the pros and the cons of being known. We also have some amazing kitchen tips for you and Martha absolutely smashes my five ingredient challenge. But first, let's hear from the TBN UK team as we take five and chat about our own kitchen failures. Let's take a listen. So I'm taking five today with Emily and Graham. Now I'm new around here, so what do you guys actually do? Oh, question. Welcome. Graham, why don't you go first? Um, Okay, thank you, Emily. (laughs) Hi, I'm Graham, and I am officially the post-production manager at CBN UK. Cool, fancy. So I uh, look after the editors and the design of the shows and all the stuff that happens after we've done productions, Um, and then also look after the website and on-demand and that sort of stuff. Cool. Right now you're a podcaster. Turns out, just on the podcasting side. has become my thing. <laughs> Busy okay, so hi, I'm Emily. Um, my official title is production manager, um, but at TBN UK, I do quite a few things. So I, Graham was saying he looks at he looks after productions in post. I kind of look after them in pre-production. So talking with different people to have shows with us, kind of getting the concepts together, the ideas. Also, I present on the channel on Partner Time on TV and Meets, um, and sometimes I do some producing. Um, yeah, fabulous! Did you guys just hear my tummy rumble? No, it's literally happening every two seconds. Because this episode's about food. Well, it is going to be about food, but I think it's more because I've actually come into work and I've spent the last like few months just eating kind of every hour. Whereas now I'm here. It's about that time. We should have brought a drip. Yeah, yeah, we should have brought stuff. I was looking about food and lockdown um, and the newspapers were reporting that two thirds of Britons have admitted that they've definitely piled on the pounds during lockdown. Um, and actually the majority were between like 18 and 24. Uh, I'm just out of that, unfortunately. Um, but what about you guys? What stuff couldn't you live without in lockdown? Was there anything you couldn't get from the shops? Ooh, um... That's a good question. I feel like it was so long ago when the when the shops were out of things. Do you remember when it was like, there's no more wipes or antibacterial spray or toilet paper and everyone was freaking out? I think bread flour, that was that was a big one. Couldn't bread flour? Yeah, to make like pizza dough. Homemade bread. Or homemade what? bread. I didn't actually I've ne- I've yet to make homemade bread in lockdown. But pizza dough, that that's been very impressive. Regular. Yeah, I've done all the uh the lockdown tropes. I've grown a beard. Right. I've made homemade bread. Right. I did start exercising and I stopped, <laughs> which is basically what everyone does. Did you buy any exercise equipment though? That's the real test. Oh, we tried, but 
like kettlebells have gone up in value by about a thousand percent. Really? So have puppies. Not that that's puppies. relevant, but mm. I was looking at dogs. Apparently, everyone bought a dog in lockdown because of like being lonely or whatever, and now everyone's struggling because a dog's not just for lockdown. A dog is not just for lockdown. Exactly. They're for Christmas too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I um I also this is really lame, but I also just can't live without like sweets. I know this is really bad, but before lockdown, because I would have to drive quite a distance to get into work. I would always have a cheeky bag of Haribo or something in my car. I could just snack on during traffic. But when when lockdown happened, I wasn't driving anywhere. But then I didn't have my constant supply of like sweets or. <laughs> it may not be relevant, but Emily is half American. Yes. What what has that got to do with sweets? I feel like there's a better supply of sweets over there. Oh, let's be honest. Yeah, that is. Well, whenever I would go there, I literally would fill a carry on worth of Sour Patch Kids. Uh, M&M's of every flavour, Oreos of every flavour, Twizzlers, Jolly Ranchers, all of the good stuff. Yeah, for us, we just like ended up baking kind of every week. You just kind of just abandoned usual meals and just went for cake replacement instead. Um, Not great. I mean, I'm not very good at baking, so I didn't last long, but it wasn't very good for us at all. My lockdown fail, baking fail, was a bit more of a long, long burn in that I tried to make sourdough starter. And basically, you're supposed to feed this thing every day, and then and then you take a bit out, and then you feed it again. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> no, I've seen this so much. No, okay. I, I've heard like you feed a Christmas cake. I've learned what that means. Mm. What are you talking about? So you put flour and water in a jar. <laughs> yeah. And basically, it grows bacteria, and every day you're feeding the bacteria with more flour and more water. You take a bit of the old stuff out and you do it again. And over like two weeks or something, it never worked for me. So basically this particular culture grows and then it's like a good base for your sourdough. But I never got there because I didn't feed it properly. So it went black and then the house stank. And pour it down the sink. And it it was just a nightmare. So don't do it. That doesn't sound as... Graham, sourdough starters not just for lockdown though. It's for it's for all of life. You should have let that. Pour it down the sink. <laughs> <laughs> but I did do um, a lemon drizzle cake, but because my wife is gluten intolerant and dairy intolerant and all the intolerance, just generally intolerant. <laughs> the, um, she didn't eat any of it, so it was oh. just me. Oh. And <laughs> I got like, three quarters of the way through it and nearly had a heart attack. So. <laughs> okay so that was our chat with the tbn uk team i think it's safe to say that none of us should belong in the kitchen and we should just leave it to my interviewee martha so let's take a listen to what she had to say as we had a chat about all things baking it's always risky using home internet as well doing these i know we was like come on internet <laughs> we have a temperamental fire alarm i think one of our okay all went off about 10 minutes ago so i'm hoping that's it for today but you never I hope so <laughs> oh no there'll be rumors about your uh, your kitchen skills <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh man okay well 
we'll pray for no fire alarms <laughs> so yeah I mean it's great to have you on I absolutely love food so while I know there's a lot more to you I'm sure I'm very excited to have someone on who has an interest in it because I could talk about it all day <laughs> I get laughed at quite a lot for that but I will try not to keep you too long so how have you been I've been well thank you yeah really good um just readapting. I feel like now it's been long enough to feel like I've got a new rhythm and a new routine, but you know, it's yeah. strange time for everyone, isn't it? But yeah, food is one thing which is just really something I look forward to in the day, even though I work in food, like meal times have become such a key part of <laughs> something to look forward to in the day, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, that is so true. I woke up this morning. Oh no, actually, it might have been last night. We were falling asleep, um, Nathan, so my husband and I, and I actually said to him, Nathan, Nathan, I'm thinking about what to have for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> That's how much it's become a staple enjoyment. So I definitely agree. <laughs> so we have a few like mutual connections, don't we, with um, just churches and events and the amazing um, Emmanuel Church in Brighton as well. Um, such a good location. You're right by the ocean, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's, you feel very uh, lucky and fortunate to be in a place like Brighton during a lockdown because actually it's been a lot quieter because it's normally peak tourist time in the east oh yeah there's actually been quite little gem moments getting out on the beach or walking along by the sea and it being super quiet so yeah of course silver lining I suppose yeah I never thought about that because obviously um during this year we've had the kind of one hour exercise things and different limits but if nobody's there in terms of tourists that's lovely yeah it's been I mean all the locals are out so it's not been quiet quiet (laughs) it's been (laughs) it's been um, a little bit calmer which has been I think nice and good for the soul to get out and to not feel like oh my goodness it's there's just tourists everywhere but yeah the church yeah. is amazing like it's been really cool to watch how they have adapted to online services and online small groups and all these different things and it's been a real blessing to be part of that so you're there with your husband I guess you've hit the one year anniversary haven't you yeah it was our one year anniversary at the beginning of April oh lovely how's it been being I think you're still a newlywed aren't you yeah I think we can claim that yeah <laughs> how's it been yeah, it's been a really good year. Um, obviously, so much has changed. We didn't live together before we got married. So it's like been all these learning different things about each other. Um, but it's been so fun to have our own place. And actually, during this lockdown, like my husband is an accountant and, has been, and kind of works the regular 8.30 till 5.30. So we right. so much less of each other. And then different church events in the evening and like busy schedules. We are people that are always back to back busy. actually having this time to kind of sit and be forced to rest and spend time in the house has actually been really nice for us we've had loads of really great conversations it's been really lovely just to have time to like grow our relationship um in like because you obviously can't see other people but it's been yeah it's had its moment where you're like I just want to do some friends as well but um overall it's just been so nice to have that opportunity yeah is yeah it's a really important thing and such a special thing to be able to do in that kind of first year of marriage as well where I think sometimes you get that build up to the wedding don't you and then it's like for most people it's kind of honeymoon and then hit the ground running back to work yeah yeah no it's been really good I think there's been loads of really great material out as well I know I think the HTB marriage course is out and our church have been doing kind of date night devotionals um that they just oh wow so you can have questions to ask each other and catch up and yeah it's just been um 
really fruitful. Oh, I think that's really good. And obviously you said your work um, for both of you looks quite different. So you're spending a lot of time. Um, you've been in your kitchen quite a lot because I saw um, some of your fantastic YouTube videos. I was getting well stuck in. I'm not the best at baking, but I feel like you you gave me the idea that I could be. <laughs> so it's good. I mean, you've worked in quite a lot of kitchens, haven't you? Like from Bake Off to, you know, the different things you're doing with Waitrose and different media companies and charities as well. Um, do you have a favourite? Are you able to have a favourite kitchen oh that you've goodness. ever worked in? Favourite kitchen. Oh, I think the best kitchen I've ever worked in, it was one in Cornwall. So I did a bit of work with a Cornish pasty bakery in like nice. the most southerly point of Cornwall I can't remember what the town's called but it was really amazing and they took us to film to record a video of like me versus the Cornish pasty head of the operations like having a <laughs> pop, so having to like <laughs> crimp the pasty as quick as you could and it was in this incredible kitchen that kind of looked out over the Cornish sea <laughs> oh wow move <laughs> Oh, I would love to do something like that. I'm actually such a savoury person. Although I love, like, if cake is there, I'll eat it. I'm not crazy. But I do love a savoury, savoury kind of meal. So mm-hmm. I think a pasty-making course would be my dream. I think pastry, oh. pastry is my number one, I think. Me too. I actually love savoury as well. I think that's often the question people ask in a classic icebreaker, isn't it, sweet or savoury? And people are always quite surprised that I would say savoury. But I just yeah. I can eat it, like a really good piece of like sourdough bread or something with some. Oh, yeah. But, oh, that's just where I'm at. Yeah, I think for me, like sweet stuff, it's amazing. And you eat the portion you have. For me, like it's amazing for the time. But when I eat something savoury, it's like if I have one slice of sourdough, I could eat the entire loaf. There's no, there's no end for me with savory stuff. Um, so yeah, your YouTube has been fantastic. You've been doing a lot of um, kind of kitchen cupboard stuff, haven't you? Because a lot of people have been stuck indoors a lot this year. Um, and I love all the finer details in your videos that kind of, you do a lot of how to keep the kitchen clean because if I bake, it looks like a bomb has hit the house. Like it's absolutely insane. So I've definitely been looking at the kind of, you know, spoons in hot water and all of that stuff. Very good. Oh. Um, are you quite a clean and organized chef? Do you know what? Or are you I'm not? Which is why really? I the video because <laughs> otherwise it can be, I know that feeling where it just becomes quite overwhelming. And I think a lot of people don't <laughs> bake or especially parents don't want their kids to bake because of the mess that it can generate. So I try and yeah, things I've learned along the way just to make the clear up operation a bit smoother, especially if you're making something like honeycomb or something really sticky. <laughs> right. In the summer, it just becomes an absolute nightmare, doesn't it? So you've got to have those, yeah. little, those little nuggets. But yeah, I have really enjoyed making a few more videos, getting to spend more time at home um doing those because normally I feel like I'm just like pillar to post rushing about doing different events or food festivals and then actually the time in my house to think about recipes for my own blog is like right passing on the list so it's been really fun to kind of rejiggle stuff around there's been points where I've been a bit anxious about it um especially at the beginning when it was all so unknown and suddenly there was no food in the supermarkets and right yeah works with food all the time taking pictures of food for different brands or um writing recipes it was suddenly quite a strange feeling to actually not be able to find anything I needed to write the recipes that I had planned of course yeah got thrown up in the air and all of the big brands like Waitrose aren't photographing anything new at the moment because there's too many people in a team to meet of course 
So it's all been quite a learning curve, I think, for a lot of different companies and for a lot of um, freelance food writers and people who work with recipes. But it seems to have settled down into a slightly new normal now of more store cupboard stuff and more like hints and tips. And people are actually spending more time cooking, I think, as we kind of touched on. The yes, definitely. Forward to lunch. Like I would probably spend at least an extra 15 minutes making my lunch each day now than I used to because it's just more enjoyable <laughs> to make something a bit more yep. interesting or to like actually put the oven on rather than just making a sandwich. Like it's, I think people are actually really enjoying like learning to love food more and cook more things from scratch. No, definitely. I agree. And I think even it's going to have an impact on the younger ones, which is really sweet. And I think your husband must be a happy man right now with all of that going on in the house. It must be your job to eat it. Perfect. I think we're going to roll out of our flat at the end of the lockdown. I will be right there with you. And based on your videos, it really seems like there's nothing you can't make. I mean, I've seen the most incredible things. I've seen like lemonade marshmallows somewhere and also like eclairs and you've done a honeycomb on your personal YouTube. YouTube channel but I was wondering if you'd let me in on, on a little secret is there anything that you really cannot make you've not got the hang of that you'd really love to oh it took me a really long time to crack macarons which are those little kind of French meringue oh yeah that are shiny on top those are a real art and okay I get them right probably 50% of the time now it's like or maybe 70 I don't know <laughs> like you've it's on the way up. <laughs> on the way up, but they're not like a fail safe. I wouldn't ever choose to make them if I had to do a demonstration or something because of the fear that it might not turn out right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so good as well, but they're gone so quickly. Well, depending on how many you make. I'm feeling encouraged now to go and tackle them and make a video. <laughs> oh, do <laughs> it. People make macarons now. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this is take number 125. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody will ever know. <laughs> And one thing that you've mentioned before is that you're quite keen to make kind of ethical choices and are just a bit more conscious of food waste and even just kind of um, maybe plastic waste or some of the rubbish that we throw out. And I was wondering if there's any sort of easy swaps or sort of thoughtful kitchen habits that you've maybe done or you can recommend. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I'm an ambassador for the charity Tear Fund and a lot of their campaign this year has been looking, it's called the Rubbish Campaign, looking at reducing our waste and thinking about mm. us producing so much waste is actually more likely to affect. So I am really conscious in the kitchen of actually, do I need all this plastic? And I think particularly having more time to maybe kind of, I'm quite fortunate in the fact that I live in walking distance of really good butchers and fishmongers and all these different things because Brighton's quite cosmopolitan and you have access to so right. many things so I've really enjoyed actually instead of just going to the supermarket and chucking loads of plastic packed meat into my bag but actually being able to go to the local butcher and use mm. far less um, has been really helpful and then even just smaller things like I would always it's probably mess reducing as well as plastic saving but like if I'm making a marinade for my chicken I'll chuck it into the plastic bag where the chicken is in so that it's kind of having a double use rather than using a new one mm. um my other favorite tip is if you're a bread baker um if when you're letting your bread prove for the first or second time um I steal shower caps <laughs> out of hotels if I ever get to go away oh, wow. and then you can use them to cover the bowl because they produce like a really airtight seal and they're just the perfect little thing <laughs> that is brilliant <laughs> shower caps hotel shower caps the baking secret I love that it's very good um and so obviously you've been um doing this sort of thing for a while um and you were 
obviously on the Great British Bake Off, which is how a lot of people maybe started looking at your work and some of the stuff that you're making. Um, one thing I've noticed is that you often and probably still sometimes are introduced with the kind of pre-title, you know, the youngest ever contestant <laughs> on the Great British Bake Off. And I was just wondering if you ever kind of did you feel that young or that it might be some sort of hindrance and maybe you know even now you're still a young adult do you ever get that sort of mentality at all I think I didn't feel young when I was doing it and they kept I remember they kept saying oh you're only 17 and the only time I felt young during the bake-off filming itself was right at the beginning because technically when you're under 18 you need parental consent for everything oh right yeah um so there was kind of talk of like oh will your mum have to come and like what be part of the film and like watch everything that's going on or will you be all right on your own and they decided actually that they thought I was old, like grown up enough that I'd be okay on my own I had like strong enough <laughs> mark <laughs> to deal with the pressure without my parents being there but then it kind of flared up again in the middle of the filming where they realized that they'd given us a technical challenge that had alcohol in it <laughs> oh right of course it suddenly seemed to switch on to the fact that actually if I was seen drink, eating any of the thing that I'd made um in the show <laughs> that they wouldn't be able to show it but they were like Martha you're not allowed to, to taste this bake whilst you make it <laughs> <laughs> just hope for the best <laughs> brilliant <laughs> so that was quite funny um so I think that's when I felt young but I felt like actually well, now when I look back on it, I didn't feel young at the time, but I look back now, it's been kind of six and a half years since I was in the tent. So I'm now nearly 24. Mm. <laughs> so people always introduce me, it's the youngest ever contestant. And I kind of, I'm like, I am the youngest ever contestant to be in the tent, but <laughs> that have now gone that are younger than me in actual age. So it does feel yeah. fraudulent. You feel like people are expecting this 18-year-old or this eternal 17-year-old. <laughs> people sometimes expect and I walk out at age 24. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is quite funny. And I think that, I don't know, sometimes when you're doing something um, that's maybe more in the public eye, I don't know if you kind of ever feel that people not look down on you or maybe it's the opposite maybe it's that they're actually more impressed that someone so young could be doing what you're doing but I think it's such a such a great influence on the younger generation as well because um you know even the bible tells us to not look at age as some sort of mm. awful hindrance and actually if God calls us into something I don't think age plays such a factor um, as the media likes to play out so it is really encouraging yeah you're 100% right and I think I kind of felt it in the series because they always try and they have to set a demographic with the people they choose for each series of Bake Off. And for mine, they'd really gone in that I was young by making everyone else significantly older than me. So right. I normally get like a thread of kind of some people in their 20s, some people in their early 30s, some students. It was me age 17 at school. And then the next youngest person was 32-year-old construction worker. And then it went up right. all the way to 70. So I was like, I felt quite singled out in the young category, but I remember that Bible verse going through my head, like, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example to all the believers. And I really felt right. God's strength with me in the tent and actually being like, this is such a good opportunity to set an example 
that young people can do stuff. <laughs> and right, absolutely. Every time I got emotional, I was like, I don't I really don't want to get emotional because I want to show that young people don't just cry. <laughs> I had stuff happen, but I remember just feeling that older contestants would get just as upset, but they could just hide it much better than me. So we'd all go into right. and if we'd had like a bit of an intense day, everyone would let it out. Like everyone would have a little tear, and then all of the older contestants would just compose themselves and walk straight back out and be fine. And I was just couldn't compose myself quickly enough <laughs> <laughs> I'm being so annoyed come on Martha you have to set an example here oh bless you <laughs> oh it must have been strange like the first time seeing yourself on tv and kind of like it's always weird isn't it things like hearing your own voice or seeing how you look in certain situations it must have been bonkers and then seeing your face on a book I mean are you yeah. used to it yet <laughs> do you know what I'm still not I think tv was one thing because yeah you just I kind of just forgot that the cameras were actually filming it for everyone to see and suddenly about three months after it's all happened you have to relive all of these moments but only very specific ones which they've picked out for you to relive. of course yeah felt quite strange and particularly when you've been baking for five hours like you're not really looking your best they don't give you any hair and makeup on bake-off it's all very natural and mm. <laughs> I just remember looking at myself and like, you look exhausted <laughs> <Completely>. <laughs> But it's very true to itself. But the book was felt quite different because that was a different, completely more polished um, scenario where they've done your hair and they've made you look completely different. I remember the first time seeing it thinking, oh my goodness, it almost doesn't look like me. <laughs> but yeah, you kind of have got used to it a little bit, but it still blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, I bet. And I guess people don't see... All of the details, like you say, there's so much more, especially with a TV show that you don't see. And then I guess just coming to terms with all of, all of these exciting and maybe kind of odd pieces to the puzzle, you know, things like, you know, you've been photographed, like you said, for the for the book and you've been, you've had photographs done by people who shoot, you know, huge A-list celebrities. Um, your wedding's been shared by a number of national kind of publications or newspapers and different things I mean did you ever have to kind of pause and process that stuff or have you just been kind of pretty chilled about it and just rolled with the punches I think right from the onset as a Christian teenager I just felt like that God had 100% given me this opportunity that it wasn't just random that there was no fleet mm. so I felt like that was really helpful me acknowledging that so that I could give it all to him and I could actually say do you know what when different things are covered by the press um, I just need to attribute that back to God and I need to thank him or kind of be intrigued by that and I felt like our wedding was actually a really good example of that because we didn't put anything out there for the press at all because we did we I hadn't even hadn't even crossed my mind to be fair <laughs> we right. kind of went on with our day and like used our wedding as a great opportunity to get our friends um who aren't Christians to come along and see kind of have a glimpse of what we believe and to like really right. with a Christian wedding we didn't put anything out we kind of went back home went on our honeymoon and didn't put anything on social media at all and I remember in the middle of our honeymoon kind of logging onto our phones and suddenly seeing that we were in so many different publications but not only were we <laughs> like we got married but they'd taken extracts from what different people um at the wedding had said and so many of them included bible verses or kind of references to our faith and it was right. actually really awesome to see that it wasn't just like oh the dress the venue but people had taken every part of what we put out there they'd use my instagram post and then actually put the bible verse i put at the bottom in as well 
And right. it's exciting to see actually like this wasn't us shoving stuff down their throats, but it's just been like subtly picked up in a way that hopefully will encourage people. Yeah, of course. And I think it's a beautiful thing and it's actually given, giving permission or maybe permission's not the right word because it is God, <laughs> but just allowing that space to say, okay, God, whatever you want to do, do like you some people will reject that kind of um position or that opportunity because it might seem you know too big or too strange or maybe Mm -hmm. maybe they're worried about what people might think but actually like you said you just see the opportunity for God to speak to so many people that otherwise would never be kind of searching or intrigued about what he has to say and I think maybe as Christians we sometimes have big ideas of what God might want us to do in life and he will just do something even bigger even greater and obviously the bake-off was something that kind of accelerated or multiplied the baking thing for you but it's all hinged on your gift and actually I think like you said you have been so genuine and through everything that you've done and everything I've seen anyway you've always kind of pointed back to him you're not afraid to say those scriptures as you say or you know express your experience of God's faithfulness and I think he so honors people that give glory to him so just a just a personal well done to you but also I think it's fantastic so in terms of God having these big plans you were obviously studying kind of wow what's 17 were you doing yes oh wow so your first set of first half of a levels when you went on the bake-off did you have kind of a different plan for your life did you have an idea of what God might want you to do before this all kind of kicked off Yeah, absolutely. I think I was always quite like a driven or planned out person in the sense that I knew I loved food and I knew I wanted to work in food. So I had a little kind of map in my mind of what that looked like with university and what A-levels I needed to do, the course I wanted to do. And it did fling the cat amongst the pigeons when all the Bake Off stuff happened because it wasn't something I was expecting. I replied not thinking it would go anywhere at all. Um, And yeah, it was like, oh my goodness, okay this is completely different to what I expected and what I felt like my plan would look like. And the thing I found hardest, I think, was that even though it was so exciting, it kind of took me off on a completely different path from all my friends. And I feel like, especially aged kind of AS when you're at school, being part of that core mass is a nice feeling. (laughs) It's nice to do stuff together and go to university at the same time. And I found doing, not doing those things. So I didn't end up going to university um, because like God had other plans and they've been amazing but it did feel quite a weird moment when all my friends kind of moved on from secondary school and sixth form and all started their first year of uni and I was still at home right. kind, of, kind of looking at what was next and trusting God that he had a plan for it so it kind of has been awesome but it's had its moments of kind of difference I suppose. Yeah and I guess in some ways it might have felt like quite a risk because I guess for us in this country, if you are an academic kind of person, then you're often taught that the the kind of route you should take is, you know, school, GCSE, A-level, university degree, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I think, did you ever feel kind of worried about leaving that to one side? Was it ever something you thought you might come back to or I don't know? Yeah, I think I had my worries initially, but then I also feel like God is really faithful. And when he sets you on a different path to maybe what you've expected, um, it just highlights how kind of fickle and um, fragile my kind of mental planning was. And actually, right. <laughs> as, a, as a plan, which is much better, 
um, he's going to make that happen. And I felt like kind of releasing my kind of, oh, I really wanted to be a fresher. I really wanted that university experience. He kind of brought other people into my life where kind of um, I was dating my husband and I would be friends with his university friends and actually um, meeting new different people and so many opportunities like working with Waitrose and working with other brands that I would have had to say no to if I'd gone to uni. So actually kind of knowing that he's faithful even when it feels like you're doing something which is kind of completely the opposite of what society would say and it right. sometimes so when you I kind of forget that I don't have a kind of higher education in university and then it's like it just flares up in those small moments where you're like filling out a form online and it says kind of what level of education do you have and you go oh <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but I think there's nothing wrong with that and actually I think we're so pushed by schools and colleges to say you have to go to university like this is the only place you're going to find success or you're going to find fulfillment and actually I just don't think that's always true and that God has so much for you outside of that if that's what where you're at um you don't necessarily need to be shoehorned into the um university route yeah totally and I think if you can be able to if you can be in a position where you're able to learn that is such a privilege like listening to you you can hear such a freedom um, and such an encouragement that he knows the desires of our heart. Like I love that you actually wanted to do food and then it was kind of just accelerated. And like you said, like getting to know your husband's friends and things where maybe there would have been gaps, you know, God is so, he's such a good father and he will, you know, give those gifts, but not just, you know, because he wants us to get on with things, but actually just out of love as well. It's really sweet. Yeah, it's amazing. And I feel like with like giftings and things like that, I have always loved food ever since I was a small child and loved cooking. Mm. But I never would have thought that would be something that God might use. I'd always kind of just thought, well, that's just something like, that's just a hobby I have or something I enjoy doing on the side. But I feel like if this whole experience has taught me anything, it's actually all parts of our character are valued by God. And actually, even the things that we would say are small, like if we're into a different sport or we have a real passion for craft or we're really good at art, like actually, it's not just a coincidence or something that you should just put into a box and say, this is on the side of my life, but actually I need to do this. Right. I think it just made me feel like actually, like God really valued the fact that I loved food and I loved cooking and he didn't just want it to be a sideline hobby or just to cook a few meals for some friends. Um, right kind of raised that out of me so I feel like he can do that in so many different people yeah and I guess that's where you kind of get that intimate feeling of being known mm-hmm. like just that you would delight in something and God would you know flourish that and allow you to delight in it on a greater level it's just so gorgeous and so you're doing all of this stuff and you mentioned um kind of your friends and also giftings and I was wondering whether you've ever had to kind of have certain boundaries put in place. I think it's tricky as a Christian when you have a certain gift, um, you know, how much we offer that, for example, to the local church or to friends, often voluntarily as well. Um, And then also how we navigate where we might need boundaries or what God, you know, specifically has for us to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever felt that tension at all. Yeah, I think it's definitely something I'm still learning because it's easy to kind of your ears to prick up at for me anything to do with food in the church I'm like great <laughs> yeah but sometimes that actually means that I overcommit commit myself or I'm, I'm a bit of a go-to person for foodie things when I haven't got the capacity and it is hard sometimes saying no I definitely haven't mastered that um right that balance situation but I think um 
I'm trying. I think we all try our best, don't we? It's really hard with the the serving balance. I don't think I have any specific pieces of wisdom because even with friends and relationships, I sometimes find my phone such an overwhelming place when there's so many messages from different people and trying to keep up with them all. (laughs) Yeah. um, I found just actually finding a few friends who know me really well and encourage me in my faith and kind of know my struggles and know my um, dreams just kind of keeping them close and keeping a good relationship with just a few people is sometimes more valuable than spreading yourself too thinly for those really kind of personal relationships oh totally and it's so important I mean even Jesus had his kind of inner crew and I feel like it's you need that because the people that are going to keep you accountable but also understand when you just need to kind of pause and so have you ever had to kind of distinguish between kind of your you know real friends and then I don't know what would you call them maybe like hype friends (laughs) who just want to maybe be around a buzz I don't know if you've ever kind of you know been aware of that kind of thing since you've been kind of placed in such an area of influence yeah 100% definitely when after Bake Off going back to school I found a really um, intense experience and when I went back in my to my last year of school and suddenly people from my year who have never spoken to me before <laughs> suddenly like my best friend next to me in the lunch queue and I think I found that quite overwhelming quite difficult to deal with so there was this mm. moment where I felt like I had so many friends that kind of I felt popular I guess for the first time in my whole school career but it right. was empty in the sense that people would want to like say that their mom enjoyed watching you but then they wouldn't actually want to like find out how you're doing um, yeah of course I found church friends really valuable in that time but then I think about a couple of years later it kind of skewed again to the point where I felt like actually am I going to be able to make new friends outside mm. of my old kind of school life because people already kind of find out so much about me before they know me, before they meet me, or that weird feeling of people know more about you than you know about them. And I always felt quite guilty in a new friendship if people knew so much about me and I didn't know anything about them. You'd get filled with that, oh, am I actually going to make genuine friends? <laughs> How right. I navigate this kind of at uni, at like other people's unis or moving, I moved down to Brighton to live with some people I didn't know. And it was like, oh, actually, am I going to make genuine friendships or are people just going to hinge on to the fact that you've been on TV or whatever? But actually, I feel like even in those moments where I've been worried, like God's placed the right people in my life and amazing church friends who actually couldn't care less. It's almost the people that that I'm better friends with. When I met my husband, he hadn't watched it, even though it was currently (laughs) on we met. (laughs) So he had no idea. And it was really refreshing. And I think that's (laughs) almost God's humor of like, do you know what? You're going to meet your husband. He will have no idea of anything to do with this doesn't like baking very much doesn't really care and it would be the best thing that you need right now <laughs> is he a fan of baking now he's always been a fan of eating baking to be fair but okay cool a fan. <laughs> okay cool as long as those pieces work together that's brilliant <laughs> no that is true and I think you're right I think you can always tell the, we're not in fact no you can't always tell the difference but I think as you develop those relationships like you said it's people who actually find out how you are rather than what you're doing yeah. um it's does this person you know develop my faith and bring me closer to God because you know they're always great people to have around so I can see it must must be tricky yeah but definitely. I found social media quite a difficult thing to navigate in that area as well because I used to have Instagram 
just as a personal space, <laughs> like just mm-hmm. when I was at school when like six years ago. And then now I'm really fortunate to have kind of switched it to kind of use for more of a brand business side and get to share recipes. But I still kind of follow my friends, but it's all mm-hmm. this. So kind of trying to work out how to best use social media to maintain relationship, but also build a brand, I think is something which is a bit of a conflicting struggle sometimes. It must have become more of a part of your life this year because obviously having social media and having an online relationship with people for a bulk of this year is all we've been able to do. Yeah, because you, you sometimes I feel like um, maybe a couple of months ago I would be a bit stricter in the sense that trying to do work stuff on my phone during work hours and then kind of switch it off, be more present, meet up with people, have people around for dinner and not think about it. Whereas now, as you say, everything is on our phones everything's on our laptops it's like it's social life it's work life it's like Mm. planning life it's church life everything's on this one screen and it is hard to create those boundaries isn't it and work out how best to use everything to its benefit rather than its detriment but I've been trying to think of creative ways like I've been seeing a couple of friends because I have a close friends list on Instagram and they have a feature where you can have like some certain stories which are just to closer friends so I just have that to people right. who actually know or people who live near me and if we've been because I've been baking so much um for different work purposes and there's only two of us where so we'd normally deliver it to friends or whatever been doing kind of <laughs> first to claim come and collect oh brilliant <laughs> food on the doorstep <laughs> getting different friends to come and pick it up so it's been really nice in some ways to have that um contact that is such a good idea because I guess yeah if you're constantly baking and making things and trying new things you guys wouldn't have known where to put it. <laughs> yeah, we have a bit of a surplus. <laughs> yeah, and that's where you want, that's where your friends, the true friends are lucky because they're on the inside and they know <laughs> when there's a sweet treat that they have earned with their solid friendship to come and pick up. That is great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen quite a lot of like, um, like kind of bakery delivery things happening this year, which I didn't know was a thing. And now I'm like, okay. I feel like I need to get involved with this and make sure I have kind of a cookie supply or some sort of brownie supply on into the future because yeah. I can't bake at all. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I know you feel like you can get everything delivered at the moment. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we actually had my dad's birthday um, during the lockdown and it was like, happy birthday. You've got loads of presents that are just Amazon's finest things yeah. that were available at this time. <laughs> it's such a strange thing I think yeah I think 2021 will be an interesting year just I hope that we don't lose the appreciation of being with people in person and being outside and things like that Mm. and you know travel and things like that I mean you you kind of travel around quite a bit don't you um is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to the most I think yeah travel is definitely something I'm looking forward to Um, even just within the UK I feel like I'm in my kind of a normal year for me I'm quite fortunate in that I get to help judge lots of different foods um, for different awards like the world cheese awards and the great oh yes it's amazing but definitely the best part of my job but obviously this year that's become a lot more tricky so um, I'm kind of having those things in the diary to look forward to in a sense I, I feel like it's been a strange couple of months because I do work from home but normally it's quite full of different trips to 
meetings and see different people or discover a new brand or a new place and it's right it kind of you just you feel a bit boxed in when actually oh my diary is empty for the next six months but we'll wait and see what happens yeah of course and judging a cheese competition sounds like a dream it is a dream it's it's mainly a dream I have feel like I always have to give a slight disclaimer is that there is, I think it's something like 16,000 cheeses that get entered. Oh, okay. So we don't have to judge that many each, but you have about 60 on your table. And obviously to find the best cheese, you also have to eat the worst cheese. Okay. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> it isn't quite what you'd want on your cheese board, but some of it is great. So it's still really fun. Yeah, I'm not really a stinky cheese kind of person. So I think I'd have to just cut it right there. So if you had to judge a competition, a food competition, you get to be there all day, try as much as you want, what what competition would it be? Oh, my goodness. See, I still, the cheese is still brilliant. I just love cheese. I love the kind of collaborative feel where suddenly another judge on another table is like, we found this amazing cheese, and everyone flocks over and has it. <laughs> <laughs> but I got an awards called the Great Taste Award, which is all products. So it's drinks, oh, food, wow. ice cream, nuts, every product. <laughs> it's the little kind of stickers that have the gold stars on them, if you've ever seen them. Um, oh, yeah. And that is brilliant. Like, it's just a variation. And if you have one thing that isn't that nice, it's normally followed by something which is completely different and amazing. So that's the best one, in my opinion. <laughs> Do you just collapse on the sofa at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah. I can never see food again. <laughs> the proper professional judges um, always spit out after what they've tasted after they've tasted it so they don't <laughs> become really fat but I'm not a proper professional judge I'm just like an enthusiast so I like <laughs> my judging days by just consuming as much as I can <laughs> yeah I think I'd be with you there I actually did that once I was training to like make coffee one day oh, cool. but it was this guy that I didn't know and he was very close to me and the idea was that you'd try like a whole line of espressos and make them yourself you'd know kind of how tiny measurements could make it good or bad but the idea was that you'd taste it and kind of spit it out into this thing that he was holding <laughs> but every time it came to it I'd panic and just swallow the espresso <laughs> so I came out of there absolutely buzzing I was like shaking <laughs> I hadn't, I hadn't even drank coffee before this point either, oh. so it was a shock to the system. I was a mess. <laughs> I just couldn't bring myself to spit it out. And with food, oh my gosh, no way. It would be yeah. right to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been asking every guest a question, and it involves taking five items somewhere. So if you need a bit of time to think about this, that's absolutely fine because we can just cut it out (laughs) if it's like a long, long thinking process, but I won't blame you for that. So your question, Martha, is you're going into the kitchen and you need to create a show-stopping dessert. It's an all-round winner, but you can only take five ingredients. What are they going to be? Oh, oh my goodness. Tricky. I think I've got it. I think I know. Oh, that is quick. <laughs> I, You're I, good at this. <laughs> well, I've had to get quite good at thinking on my feet because as part of what I do with Tear Fund, me and a pastry chef called Will Torrent have been going around different churches doing an event called Cakes, Bakes and Faith. Um, yes, because I think you, you worked on that with um, a friend of mine, Oliver, who comes yeah. to our church. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, indeed. fab. Um, so he... Um, 
we would go around different churches and every event we'd talk about our work with Tear Fund and our faith and our kind of work in the media and we'd always end with a kind of five ingredient cook-off so there'd be (laughs) we'd get given five ingredients each and have to make a dessert out of them so oh you were made for this question (laughs) I feel like well they would give us the ingredients and we'd have to make something so slightly different and they'd often give us ingredients that would not very work (laughs) into nice desserts okay (laughs) what I would do is if it was needed to be like show-stopping feeds a family the best pudding is always one that my mum would make is a pavlova doesn't Ah. so all you need are egg whites so I take eggs um Mm -hmm. so take sugar double cream Mm. and then whatever you want on top so I think I would probably go with chocolate because everyone loves chocolate oh yeah like really good strawberries or raspberries to put on top so so berry chocolate pavlova pavlova yeah very clever because I was kind of thinking you know if it's got to go in the oven and all of these things and what you know all the little bits you might need whether it's baking soda and things like that but you've just smashed that that's brilliant (laughs) Oh, thank you. <laughs> and if you did smash it, you'd have an eaten mess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Take a Five podcast here at TBN UK. Don't forget, you can get more and more encouraging content from all of our programs and watch on demand at watch.tbnuk.tv. And you can also find us on social media at TBNUKTV. We would love to connect with you. See you next time.